Opening day is just over a week away, and are Mitch Haniger and Austin Slater going to have to be on the injured list to start the season? And if so, who's going to fill in? What is that outfield going to look like? And will it sink the Giants early in the season? We'll get into it next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already. And if you are there, hit that subscribe button right now. So easy to do. And you can get this show every day, Monday through Friday. And coming up on the show, yes, we are just over a week away from opening day. It is very exciting. I'm, you know, Giants are in New York. It's it's a the schedule. I mean, we could talk about the schedule, do a whole episode on that. They start off with like nine straight games against American League teams, and they're all day games. It's super weird. But uh, what about their outfield? Well, we've got some injury updates. The injury updates are some good, some bad. And we've also got a Brandon Crawford update. But in the outfield, Austin Slater has not been doing baseball activity at all. He's got, a, I think he had a calf thing, but now it's also a hamstring he had an elbow and then a calf and a hamstring, so he he's just been banged up this spring, and right now it's a hamstring strain and he's not doing any baseball activity, and so to me he's not going to be ready unless he starts baseball activity like today or tomorrow. He's not going to be ready because uh, uh, just like I said yesterday, I mean it's just a fact. There's only they only play through Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday are off days. I guess he could get some work in at, at a minor league spring training game or something. But it looks to me like Austin Slater is going to miss the beginning of the season. And, and so we'll talk about the ramifications there. He's kind of unique on the roster. But more importantly, perhaps, is Mitch Haniger, who, you know, Slater is in that platoon role, figures to platoon with Mike Yastrzemski. Uh, but Haniger and Conforto, are starting like everyday type players in the corners. And for Haniger, he's got a strained oblique. And obliques, as we have discussed, are a big problem in baseball. Like, And it's mild for Haniger, but you got to be really careful with an oblique because, I mean, if you hurt it badly, it just takes forever to heal. And not only that, it's just like you cannot push it at all. It, you can't do anything until it's completely healed. If you feel it even just a little bit like, sorry, you're not playing baseball because all the twisting, it's just, I mean, the swing is such a violent twisting motion that it can be a big problem for a hitter. I mean, a pitcher too, my goodness. It's a big baseball problem, but it's better news for Mitch Haniger in that uh, the Giants said this morning that he has started throwing and hitting. And so, again, the oblique strain was mild to begin with. And so they gave it. It's been uh, I don't know exactly how long it's been. Actually, I can find it if I scroll down here. 
looks like the initial date was the 4th of March. No, that's completely wrong. This is what it says on roster resource, but that's not right. He didn't strain it on March 4th. So anyway, I don't know how long it's been, about a week or so that he's been sidelined with this. Uh, and so, as I have said, like if he has to miss any time, it'd, it'd probably be like two or three days or so. So that's not the hugest of deals. But it, you know, when you start thinking about, okay, what is that opening day roster going to look like if Hanniger and Slater aren't on it? Even if just one of them isn't on it, it creates some strange ripple effects, and it's not entirely clear. Like I. I don't want to say they don't have depth here. It's just like some of their depth are some of the guys who figure to be in the infield or be in the DH spot. And so it just has this ripple effect. Like, for example, if you say, okay, well, one of our, let's just say that Hanniger and Slater, I don't know about being on the injured list, but just can't make some starts to begin the season. Maybe you determine like opening day should be Garrett Cole, right-handed pitcher. So Conforto, obviously going to be out there. Gostromski, obviously going to be out there. So who's your other outfielder? Well, who do they even have? Like when you look at that opening day kind of projected team, you look at a guy like Jock Peterson, who figures to be the DH. Uh, he's an option out there. And you look at Lamont Wade Jr., who figures to be the first baseman. He's an option out there. Uh, both of those guys are platoon players, though. And so let's say they start against Garrett Cole. And then later in the game... Uh, Yankees bring in Wandy Peralta, former giant lefty pitcher, uh, to face some guys. And you've got Wade or Peterson in your outfield. Who do you pinch hit with? Because you might have some some answers like with the bat, like J.D. Davis or Wilmer Flores or something like that. But then what about in the field? Who goes out and plays in the outfield in that case? And so those guys aren't great options unless you just like don't platoon them, which both of them are like very strongly in the platoon bucket, Peterson and Wade. Not everyone needs to be platooned, and the Giants won't platoon players who don't need to be platooned, but they do. If you look at their track records, they're platoon guys. And so that's not a great answer because you don't have an answer if there's a lefty pitcher. And I don't think they want to expose those guys against left-handed pitchers. And so like at DH, the the kind of, if everybody's healthy plan is that like, Okay, Peterson starts at DH, for example, and then if there's a lefty on the mound in an important situation, they'll go to like J.D. Davis. And for Wade, uh, he'll start at first against a righty, and if there's an important spot and there's a lefty on the mound, they'll go to Wilmer Flores. You could kind of interchange those two. It could be Flores pinch hitting for Peterson or, or and Davis pinch hitting for Wade, or it could be the other way around. But what about in that outfield? And so this is when you start to think, well, they may have to bring some guys onto the opening day roster who are outfielders. You, because even though Wade and Peterson are outfielders, they that's just, what did I name? That's all left-handed players in Yastrzemski and Conforto. I just don't think you have to platoon Yastrzemski or Conforto, but I think you do with Wade and Peterson. And especially if you're not platooning Yastrzemski and Conforto, and then you stick another lefty in the outfield, you're you're if you're vulnerable against a left-handed reliever where you've got all these lefties in there and nobody to pinch hit with, basically. And so that's when I start thinking, okay, and that's true. Okay, let's just say Hanniger can start the season with the Giants. That that really solves this problem because you the solution there to me would be just don't platoon. Yastrzemski, even though with Slater, 
you would otherwise. But Yastrzemski doesn't have to be platooned. He actually has similar career numbers against lefties as Michael Conforto. Uh just a little bit below average. It's not like dramatic like we see with Peterson and with Wade. Uh, and so you could get away with it if Haniger is ready to go. With Haniger in left, Conforto in right, Yastrzemski in center. And some fans might enjoy the fact that none of those guys would be taken out of a game. Like they would start the game and they would just play the whole game lefty or righty on the mound. Now, if there's a lefty starter, you don't love having Yaz and Conforto in that Starting lineup, you'd like to use Slater in one of those spots, I probably uh, Yastrzemski's spot there, but you could deal with it for a little while, I think. But when we get like the so, so if Hanniger can't make it, then things get weird. So coming up in just a minute, I'm going to discuss who are the options. It's guys that we have not been talking about when we're talking about that opening day team. Who are the options to play in the outfield in the event that essentially Mitch Hanniger? Or, you know, if there was an injury to Conforto or Yastrzemski too, who are the options to replace them on the team? So we'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simple tools like like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. I have been exposed to this myself as a potential employee, and I appreciate it as a potential employee getting to prove my that I belong instead of just kind of submitting a resume blindly and hoping that they figure out that you're the best person for the role. These screening questions put you to the front of the line if you're the right person. And so it's good for me. It's good for the business. It's just good all the way around. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, here we go. We are going to get into some names that we have not been discussing much this winter, this spring training, as possibilities to break camp with the San Francisco Giants in the event that one of their kind of starting guys can't go. And and part of the the story here is that, you know, some of their depth is also banged up. If you look at a guy like Luis Gonzalez, I think they expected him to be an option, although he is another lefty there. So we talk about the kind of right-handed I don't like redundancy or log jam, but like J.D. Davis, Wilmer Flores, and David Villar, oh, they're all right-handed, blah, blah, blah. But what about in the outfield? If you're missing Hanniger and Slater, you're looking at only lefties with Conforto and Yastrzemski and Wade and Peterson and then Luis Gonzalez. And yeah, I mean, it's a lot of lefties and you're kind of missing that right-handed guy. So... Who is it? Steven Piscotti. Like he's someone we mentioned as I mentioned him. Somebody asked in a mailbag question, is there any way Piscotti makes the team? And my answer was, I I said, I think he's Austin Slater insurance or maybe Mitch Hanniger insurance. And so those are the two guys we're talking about being potentially down right now. But the issue is Steven Piscotti has his own oblique issue. And so I don't really consider him uh, a likely candidate there. He 
on the, the 17th is the last date that I have a update and he was back to doing light baseball activity. And so I suppose, I mean, that was like four days ago that he could perhaps be someone who's ready at that time, but I kind of doubt it. But I mean, if he's ready to go and Hanniger really isn't, then there is a decent shot that you could see Steven Piscotty be that guy who kind of fills in. But the guy who kind of stands out to me is Bryce Johnson, who's been impressive this spring insofar as he's just run wild. He's just, every time he gets on base, he's stealing second and often third. Like he's just running wild and he's been largely successful. And of course, there are major rule changes coming to Major League Baseball this season. There's a limit on pickoff attempts. So, like, if a guy throws over a couple times, they can't throw over a third time unless they get you out. If they don't get you out on their third attempt, it's a balk and you get to go to second for free. And then there's the pitch timer. And so, like, you can time that up as a runner. And there's also the bigger bases, which somewhat shortens the distance between the bases. And so, for all these reasons, it seems like the stolen base, you know, stolen base attempts are probably going to go up is what I'm trying to say. And so the Giants don't have a ton of speed. They, they've they got, you know, Estrada can run, Mike Yastrzemski can run, but that's about it. I mean, Austin Slater can run, guys like Conforto and Hanniger can run a little bit, but uh, Bryce Johnson, I mean, he can really run. And what he is, is also just a good defensive center fielder. And so I think that I could easily see a scenario in which if they're missing some outfielders, he would be the guy because he'd be one of these types of guys who you just kind of put in center field. Don't mess with him. Don't platoon. Just kind of put him out there for the defense and the speed and base running. If he can get on base, that's the issue. It's like projection wise. Do we expect much offense out of Bryce Johnson? I think, you know, he's been a guy who's been, close to league average in the minors, like in the upper minors. And so you project probably below average offense in the majors. And, but like, that's not why he would be there. He'd just be there to make some plays in center field, hit ninth in your lineup and impact the game in other ways than with the bat. And of course, any guy with a bat in his hand is dangerous, but I really think like, because defensively, suddenly you'd be looking at a really good outfield. If you are now shifting Yastrzemski to a corner. Again, this is assuming Hanniger and Slater are not available. And so you'd put Bryce Johnson in center. You'd have Michael Conforto in left or right. Probably right would be my preference given his arm strength is better than anybody on the Giants, I might say. Or maybe maybe that would go to Hanniger, but obviously we're talking about him not being there. And then Yastrzemski in left. You'd have a really good defensive outfielder outfield with that alignment. And so... It is not hard to see that happening. Now, Bryce Johnson is not on the 40-man roster, and so he he would have to be added to the 40-man, but the Giants are going to have a couple guys who they can put on the 60-day injured list, like Luke Jackson and Thomas Zapucky, maybe. Uh, Luis Gonzalez, who had back surgery, definitely. So they're going to be... And by putting guys on the 60-day injured list, guys who are on the 40-man... Uh, you put them on the 60-day injured list and it opens up their 40-man spot. It basically gives you another 40-man spot to take their place. And so the Giants will be able to do that with at least two guys. And so, you know, we talk about Roberto Perez, the catcher, having a really good shot of 
making the team. He's not on the 40 man either. So you've got to add him. Uh, but after that, it, the other guy, it might end up being Bryce Johnson. And so, you know, Hanniger, it looks like he could be ready. But if, if Slater isn't ready, you still kind of maybe want another outfielder. Although, like I said, they've got other outfielders. I didn't mention Tyro Estrada has played some outfield. Brett Wisely has a somewhat realistic chance of making this team, if, especially if Brandon Crawford cannot start the season healthy. Uh, and wisely has played some center. So they've got a lot of multi-position guys. And so it's it's tough for me to predict what they're going to do. But Bryce Johnson has a legitimate shot of making the team if there's like one or two injuries in that outfield. And so I just wanted to throw that out there. And, you know, a lot of these like opening day predictions, he's not been a guy who's gotten mentioned, but I'm mentioning him now. I think he has a shot, but it's, Probably Hanniger is the main guy. And I'm thinking if like Hanniger was out, but Slater was healthy, what exactly would they do? I think you still might see that because I don't think Slater would be an everyday guy. You don't want to have, okay, leave Yastrzemski alone in center as an everyday guy, leave Conforto out there and right as an everyday guy, and then just play Slater as an everyday guy and left. I don't see that. I think Slater is like another guy like Wade, like Peterson, who's just pure platoon. You're not going to see him as an everyday guy. At times he's gotten some opportunities and it never really has gone well. He's someone who hits lefties really well, but just has not historically hit righties. So coming up in just a minute, we've got a couple more updates for you on two more players who may very well make that opening day team and also might not. And so at the shortstop position, what is the plan if Brandon Crawford's not ready and what is his status? And then in the bullpen, there's pretty clearly one potential spot and it might go to this guy who might be ready and might not. So we'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here, and we know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is the time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know that I will be voting for cookie dough. Yes, I had to make you wait for that for a second. Cookie dough is my absolute favorite flavor uh, I've just been a huge fan. I've been talking about it for years, and I'm going to be voting early and often. When you vote for your favorite Built or Puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try Built. It's the best protein bar ever. They're delicious and they're healthy. It's like candy bar flavor. So many delicious flavors and yet healthy macros. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. All right, as promised, we're going to discuss a couple other injury updates. Brandon Crawford and Cole Waits, not to leave, not to ruin the suspense there, but Brandon Crawford, I mean, this was a big question. Like he's he's been dealing with a knee issue, the same issue that put him on the injured list a couple of times last year. And so, it wasn't great when we heard about that. He was shut down from baseball activities, but we got an update today that he's going to return to the lineup this week. And so that makes me feel a lot better. I do worry about the fact that it cropped up again in spring, that this is going to be something that is a recurring issue perhaps throughout the season, like it was at times last year. And in that event, 
the Giants don't have the very best depth behind Brandon Crawford. We're talking about Brett Wisely. That's the thing is we don't know. A lot of the guys are unproven. Brett Wisely is unproven. And so for all we know, he's a good player and he just hasn't proven himself yet. But he could be a guy who gets looks at shortstop in the event that Brandon Crawford has to miss some time. But it looks like, thankfully, with Hanniger and with Crawford, they may be able to go by opening day. But again, we treat the opening day roster like it's more important than any other day of the season, but it's really not. Like if you've got to miss a couple days in the middle of the season, nobody really thinks twice about it. But opening day, we get all worked up about it. So hopefully Crawford and Hanniger are able to go. But if not, I mean, Brett Wisely, like I said, legitimate shot of making that opening day team. Uh, probably not. But like, think about it. If Crawford is out, you might say, okay, Tyro Estrada goes to short. I think he's kind of the first option behind Crawford. And then it's like, okay, well, who plays second? Is it uh, David VR Because he's played some second base. Maybe you want to keep him at third. And then is it Wilmer Flores? You suddenly don't love your infield defense there. And so Brett Wisely, I think maybe you feel better about defensively him playing second or playing short and keeping Estrada at second. But if you do move David VR over to second, who plays third? Is it J.D. Davis? Is it Wilmer Flores? And so they've got, like I said, the multi-position versatility. That helps. It really does. But it's, uh, it's as an analyst, it's hard to predict what exactly will happen. And then behind those guys, you've got Casey Schmidt as a really intriguing wild card. Someone who's going to, you know, he's reached the upper minors, going to go to AAA to start the season. So we are led to believe he still hasn't been uh, reassigned to minor league camp yet, but you know, they've been trying him out at shortstop a little bit. And so if he goes to AAA and hits well, and Brandon Crawford has to miss some time and they they've seen enough to believe that he can handle shortstop, that may be his road to the ma- to the majors. And so, yeah, Schmidt is an option there. Wisely is an option there. I think Isan Diaz is an option, but more so at second. And so that would be like, okay, if you move Estrada to short, so A lot of moving parts and a lot of unproven players like David VR himself is an unproven player. And then defensively, if you start to move some guys to some spots in the infield, I get uncomfortable defensively. Like if you've got Flores at third or second, if you've got J.D. Davis at third, if you've got Estrada at short and some unknown at second, like I just start to wonder defensively. And then, you know, Wade and Flores are kind of not totally... I mean, Flores has played a lot of first, but Wade, we haven't seen a ton of over at first, and he figures to be that primary guy. And so I do have a lot of questions in that infield, but Brandon Crawford being healthy helps a lot. Would have helped a lot to have Carlos Correa, but they don't. And so for now, we've got to worry about is Brandon Crawford, who's 36 years old, going to be healthy? For so long, he was so durable, kind of like Hunter Pence in that he was so durable for so long. But then at a certain point, even Hunter Pence just became injury prone as he got older. And so it can happen. And so hopefully health for Brandon Crawford. That seems to me, if I mean, especially if he plays well, that's a big key to 2023. The final update is on Cole Waits, who tells Susan Slusser of the Chronicle that he's pitching in Thursday's game. And so Cole Waits is, you know, he had a lat strain that's kept him out of spring pretty much the whole time. And, He's a guy who could very well make that opening day bullpen. I kind of lean more and more towards them 
starting the season with only 12 pitchers, you're allowed up to 13. 13 would be exactly half your roster. And for the most part this season, they're going to have 13 pitchers and 13 position players. But they've got a couple off days in their first eight games or so, and they could opt to go with only 12 pitchers. Fewer pitchers, obviously harder to cover your innings. But they've got a couple long guys like Sean, excuse me, not Sean Jelly, Freudian slip there. Anthony DiScalfani, Jacob Junis, Sean Manaya, like two of those guys figure to kind of be in the bullpen. And so at least Jacob Junis. So you've, you're going to be able to get some length out of your someone coming in out of the pen is what I'm saying. And so you could get away with having 12 pitchers maybe for a little while. And so they don't have to add. Basically, in my opinion, 12 pitchers are accounted for. And like I said, you can have one more, but it's not clear who it would be. It could be Cole Waits. It could be Sean Jelly. But I really think for Jelly, they're probably going to prefer to send him to the minor so he can continue to pitch as a starter. Because if you have him in your bullpen... I mean, I guess he could be just another guy who pitches bulk innings out of the pen and like piggybacks. Let's say, you know, Di Sclafani makes a start and Sean Jelly follows him up and they each go four or five innings and that's the whole game. You could definitely see that. And so Jelly's a possibility. Uh, Cole Waits is a more traditional reliever and he's a possibility. And there aren't a ton of other possibilities at this point. It's kind of those guys, in my opinion, uh, who would be on that opening day team. One of those two or may, or neither uh, is kind of how I see it at this moment in time with less than a week's worth of games left before they've got a, basically they've got nothing left to go by to make that decision. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen. Now, if you're a second listen, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. And again, if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. So easy and you can get the show every day. Hit the bell notification as well. So I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. Championship WBC game. We'll be mentioning it tomorrow, USA versus Japan. So thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.